You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Bonjour. Welcome to Tim Talks. Comment ça va, Monsieur Dan? Bien, bien? et tu? Oh, très bien. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> For those of you that are thinking, oh no. Je m'appelle Daniel. Ooh, je m'appelle Alston. Je parle français un peu. Oh no, un peu. That's grand. Way to go, uh, man. That's merci. really good. Hola, como esta? <laughs> Taco. We are rich. We are <laughs> burrito. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're reaching the world, so we have to reach out. Yeah, it's exactly right. Kanichiwa. So, yeah. Uh, Sprechen de Deutsch. Nine. Nine, ten, eleven. <laughs> I should. We are German. I was yeah. told most of my life growing up that we're French, English, and Dutch. And so mm. I start getting on, uh, start going through Ancestry.com. We're German. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can there see was a all of Baron von Wulfen, W-U-L-F-F-E-N, oh, around the Cologne Wolfen. area of uh, Germany. Wow. I'm going to start calling you that, Dan Wulfen. <laughs> Mr. Wulfen, Mr. Wulfen. Exactly. I need a wham. I think it's, I think it's Wolfenstein. <laughs> Welcome to Tim Talks. You're saying, why are you speaking French today? Well, as I mentioned Monday, I want to do a shout out to my newfound uh, teenage friends in Quebec at the uh, Central Baptist Church of Laval, uh, Pastor uh, Eric Levier, who is an exceptional young man, doing Amen. a great job, speaks French, English, and Swedish. His, wow. Uh, his mom was from Sweden. So yeah, incredible. And what an interpreter. Oh my goodness. That guy is incredible uh to to do good interpretation i think he does every gesture he does every inflection mm. um he he's as soon as i'm done boom he's on it it's amazing wow. we, we worked well together so he he goes over and does uh, some teaching for brother mac over in the ivory coast now too he's oh, a brilliant, that's awesome. brilliant young man yeah brilliant yeah. so let me ask you whenever you use an interpreter normally uh mm -hmm. in other nations and things do you sort of give them a gist of the outline, or you just... Yeah. Well, um, I did with Eric. Um, I sent him my notes, and my notes are pretty much verbatim. But And he appreciates it, but he doesn't really need it. Yeah. He doesn't... Yeah. I try to let him know. I give him the scriptures ahead of time so they can read them and make uh, sure that they yes. kind of jive. Yes. Um, but yeah, he's so quick and so good. Um, I even stopped once and said, does that, does that translate? Oh, yeah, that translates. Keep going, keep going. So... He awesome. Had, yeah. Good guy. So yeah, we did really good. So I did a I did a 40 minute message with an with an interpreter in 40 40 minutes. Amen. So that's that's so it's like a 20 minute for him. sermon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was good. He did a good job. So those kids got so excited. We I saw a it, like a spark of revival there. Amen. It was so cool. Those kids came forward in the last message and flooded the altars. 
Um, most of them are immigrants. They've come from Haiti. Mm. They've come from the Ivory Coast. They've come from um, Togo, you know, all over the place. And those kids got so excited. They came forward and surrendered their lives to be soul winners and sold out to God and seeking God's will. The Amen. parents then came in response to that. Amen. And we had a huge gathering at the altar. It was Praise awesome. Praise the Lord. And um, so the pastor's son contacted me the next day, and he said, Pastor, I want you to know that I went to work. He works at Tim Hortons, and I witnessed to the entire staff. And I told him that I was a Christian, that I love the Lord. I wanted them to get saved. And he said, a lot of them laughed at me. He said, but you know what? I didn't care anymore. Amen. He said, I just, I was so Amen. excited. He says, I, I used to get so tongue-tied. He said, man, the Holy Spirit was like speaking for me. Amen. He said, it was so good. He goes, I'm just so glad I can stand before the Lord and say I gave them the gospel. Even if they might not get saved, I at least gave them the gospel. That was so awesome. So Daniel Levier, God bless you. Praise that's an excellent testimony. So good, good, good. So that's where we're at. Anything uh, good you want to share? Anything happen you want to share? Well, I mean, that just seems like a good uh, segue right into, yeah. you know, giving yourself to the Lord and, and selling out for God, both those that are called, of course, into ministry, because there's the aspect of uh, you can, once you get in the ministry, it can wind up almost appearing like you're going through the motions, like you're in a career. And that's right. a very dangerous place to be. Right. I'll tell you what's a great segue is Daniel's talking about going to Bible school. And so he started saving money. And, and then, uh, he said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at saving around $40,000. And then he said, but then I realized that's U.S. He wants to go to a school in the U.S. Mm. He said, that's U.S. So I have to add another 30% to that. Yes. That's, that's now $52,000. Yeah. That's a lot of money for a young person. He's 15 years old. He's working already. He is saving already. To go to college and you know some kids go and their parents pay the tuition bill which if you can do that for your kids that's great i guess i, I think it's better if they have to work for it and appreciate it a little more myself um you can agree or disagree on that but uh he realized that college is expensive today and for a young lady who's going to go to bible college we can discuss this if you wish to pay forty fifty thousand dollars and then you know, end up being a housewife and mother, fully educated, but maybe never using those skills. What what do we say to them about college? Oh, they'll and school always and use that? those skills. That's right. the uh, that's what I've always had a real issue with. Um, you know, my wife has been a teacher for decades, and she she is a master teacher. And you know, routinely, parents or you know, brilliant, wise seventh graders would say, what do I need pre-al? I don't need pre-algebra. You know, I mean, when am I ever going to use that? But you have no idea what you're going to wind up using. And somebody who is trained, uh, whether it's in some kind of music or whether it's in some kind of secretarial or computer skills or whether it's in education skills, you know, you may wind up homeschooling your children. You'll be thrilled mm -hmm. That you have a you have a degree and you understand you know you've you've been trained to teach and you know what to look for in particular situations and regardless of whatever it is you're a nurse or, or whatever it may be you're gonna use that you know so I don't see I never see education proper education I never mm -hmm. see it wasted uh, mm -hmm. because you know the, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. 
Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this personal question. When you guys finished college, did you both owe money at the end of college or you have it paid off? No, we were paid off. We we graduated oh, debt free. Awesome. That was our goal. And right. um the college that I that we both attended, they did not allow you to rack up years or two years worth of debts. You know, now right. I, I understand some people may get loans mm-hmm. and pay them off, but uh, you know, a secular college, I was just looking up some of the figures. Four-year degree is basically a hundred forty thousand dollars, and it. then whenever you go and get a graduate degree, it's at least another hundred forty thousand. So you know, you figure wow. every lawyer and every doctor, you know, before the lawyer even takes his bar exam, before the doctor ever scrubs up for his first day of, uh, you know, internship, um, yeah. you know, he, they owe three hundred thousand bucks. They're already three hundred thousand dollars in debt, you know. So, wow. um, you know, the cost of education is very high, but yes. I think most of our Bible colleges do a great job at trying to keep it affordable. Just looking right. at an overview, they do a great job trying to keep it affordable, and that's very difficult because you know you've got qualified teachers, professors, and uh, heads of departments, and they're not getting much money, no. and so you're you're. You're trying to show your appreciation to them in a financial capacity, but you're still not trying to make an extreme hardship on, you know, the young people coming through. So it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. And I ask that question because I know of students that have graduated and both he and she do have loans. And that's that's a hardship for a lot of young couples starting out in ministry. You want oh. to pastor or you want to get, go to the mission field, and you've got twenty, forty, sixty, eighty thousand oh. dollars worth of debt. Oh man, and that's that's tough. And you're but, not going to make that back like a doctor is going to. Then I would assume that they did not uh, work full time in college. Yes. And so no, they did not. You know, yeah. that's that's there. You are. You're wrestling with. Okay, do I give myself to college? And that's where if a parent wanted to pay grandparent whoever amen you know god may mm-hmm. really you know use that but uh you know there there's the pros and cons so you know it is what it is but mm-hmm. there's no way i was going to graduate uh, owing right right i i owed $3000 when i graduated and i thought i was never going to make it i was devastated how am i going to do it so I did well, but and and by the gift of God, my parents had set some money aside for me because I paid room and board. Remember those days, room oh, yeah. and board. Yep. Oh yeah. Once I started making money, my parents said, "You are going to pay to live here." <laughs> and some people will be mortified to hear that. But oh yeah, they, they put they put that money aside. And when I graduated, they said, "This is the money you paid in room and board." Isn't that great? And they paid that off. Yes. And it was a great lesson. It was hard, but it was a great lesson. Yes. And uh, I'm thankful they did it. It taught me some great things, some great character Amen. lessons. Uh, so plan plan on those things. And, you know, it's easy to say, well, what's a good loan? But, yeah, you have to pay that off and with interest. And uh, I know there's talk in the United States about, you know, trying to have some free education or, you know, freer education or whatever. But, you know, that I, I don't think that's going to be a reality uh, somebody's going to pay for that, and yes. eventually it's going to be the taxpayer again. But um, yeah, I just uh, I think you've got to prepare somehow for the cost of college. And you yes. talk about you said, well, they must not have worked through college. Well, I got to tell you, some students did, but they just went out and ate chicken wings every night, and they, you know, 
when they went out, they bought and all that kind of stuff. And they just didn't count the cost of what it's going to be when you're done. There's a reality of what it's going to cost you when you're done. Yeah. You, you, you've got to set those priorities of what you desire. Like, for example, now I know it, it's all changed and it's all relative, but um, we didn't have a lot of money in college. Our senior year, we got married just before our senior year. And so um, I wound up getting a job by the grace of God at a, um, a sheet metal company. Mm-hmm. And so my loan uh, uh, financial, you know, contribute, con- contribution to our family was still in college was more than what both of us got once we got out and started working at church. Right. Right. And we didn't have a lot of money in college, so but I mm-hmm. but we still had more uh, in college. We were earning more on my salary alone than yeah. we got with both of us working yeah. at, at church and school. So, right, uh, right. you know, and and it wasn't like we were getting so much less than anybody else. It's just that everybody had struggled, and it was a mm-hmm. it was a uh, difficulty and hardship for everybody. So. That is something to consider. Right. I I have met a lot of young people who are going into ministry, and they are shell-shocked to find out that they're not getting, you know, $100,000 a year, a 401K, <laughs> you know, our RSP here in Canada. They don't get health benefits. You know, you just have to squeak by and hope and pray I was just with a couple, a pastor, and he and his wife told me that when they started out in ministry, they went to work for a church out west, and they said, we opened up the fridge, and there was two things in the fridge. They had, like, two hot dogs or whatever. There was nothing in the fridge. They said, Mm -hmm. we had no food, and we said, we're going to eat this, and we're going to pray like crazy. Amen. And they said, um, they started to pray and ask God to help them. And somebody called and said, would you guys like to go out for supper? It's on me. Yes. And they said, we saw God answer that Amen. prayer immediately. Amen. And it's not like that everywhere, and it's not like that all the time. But I think I think you and I would both say there were times in our lives where we had to pray for God's supply or Absolutely. we were going to be in trouble. Absolutely. And I think the Lord, the Lord does allow that a little bit so that you have to learn that lesson, that you are dependent on Him, especially in ministry. And I don't want to scare people away and say, well, I, I don't want to go in the ministry because you're going to starve to death. No, I, obviously, anyone who sees you and I know yeah, exactly. you don't starve to death in ministry, exactly. right? Um, but it's, it, it, it's not one filled with a lot of you know, perks and benefits. If you're on a staff and you have that, God bless you. But that doesn't happen in most churches. Yeah. Um, our youngest son, who's uh, 31, just, uh, just this week, was mentioning to Denise, he said, you know, I look back and I, and I see how we lived and the manner in which we lived. And he said, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how we were able to even live that way at that level, yeah. knowing, yeah. you know, looking as an adult saying, that's amazing. And, yeah. you know, we both said, well, it's the grace of God. You know, it's God doing things you know, in so many tangible ways that that whenever you total it all up, it's you can't outgive God. Yeah, I was so blessed the other day. Uh, the Lord blessed me, and I had a little bit of extra cash, and so I went over and I did something for the kids. It wasn't much; it wasn't much at all. And I gave it to them, and they said, "Dad, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this?" 
And I said, well, to be honest, I, I feel like I'm kind of. Yeah, they're of, probably making more than you are. <laughs> oh, oh, buddy, my son-in-law is almost double my income. Yeah, I know it. Almost double. And But I just, I want to do it. Amen. And my grandma used to say, I, I want to give you things while I'm alive so That's I can see right. and enjoy it. That's so I went right. and did something for him. And they said, why are you doing that? I said, well, in part, I want to make up for some of the things you didn't have when you were a kid. And they said, Dad, we were rich. That's right. I said, no, we weren't. And they said, well, we thought we were. I said, well, we weren't. Yep. I said, we faked it really good, really good. And so that really did my heart good to think that my kids, you know, really felt like they did have a good childhood and didn't miss out on anything. And we tried hard. Yeah. Uh, we were able to give them some special things by the grace of God. But um, yeah, there were a lot of things. They had a lot of used things where other kids got news things. And yeah. And it they didn't, did, they didn't did kill them for a while. Yeah. Some kids would get it when they're five. Our kids got it when they were eight and nine, you know, kind yep. of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we would have family devotions at, at the breakfast table. And I remember a few times, and of course, I, I was very careful what I'd say to the kids, but I'd say, all right, now we have a special request, and we're trying to ask God, we need a certain amount of money to pay some bills. Now, I didn't say, I don't know right. where we're going to eat next week. <laughs> you know, I mean, kids don't need to know that. But, I mean, it was really severe a couple of times. And mm-hmm. and so we said, we need to pray. And you know, two days later, we get a check in the mail. I I passed it around the table. Said, "Look what God did for us." You know, uh, it just those things. I hope that they always remember, because God can and He does take care of us. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we ought to sort of blend that in. Maybe Friday on, you know, the bivocational pastor and living by faith. That's a. I, I yeah. think that's an interesting aspect. You know. Yeah. I would say that if you are pastoring and you are having a tough time, your kids don't need to know that. No. Their reality is what is reality. That's right. Um, just make the best of what you've got. And I know some kids whose parents were in the ministry who said, I, I won't go in the ministry because it was so hard and it was so difficult and my parents had such a hard time and I'll, I'll not do that. And that's sad to me because... Yes. Every job is hard. Right. Every job has difficulties. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're a doctor, there's hardships. If you're a wealthy businessman, there's a lot of hardships. There, there's hardships and everything. It's just part of life. And, you know, we say in ministry, well, we don't make much. Well, there's a lot of people that don't make much. Right. There's a lot of people that really struggle financially. And what we get, and that bl- it blends right into what you're talking about, not only do we get something from a congregation, we get the blessings of the Lord on top of that, oh, yes. which makes it great. And and I have I have friends and family members who make an exuberant amount of money. And I want to tell you, I think we're happier than they are. I, I think we really enjoy life to the fullest where they are constantly worrying about their finances or losing their finances or, you know, their marriage because they've worked so hard, they, their marriage isn't that strong. I, yes. I've seen that. So I think that's a benefit of, of ministry as well. Amen. Well, as you're talking about getting into Bible college, in and out, you know, you don't want to get sidetracked whenever you get into college. Uh, try to make it an eight-year program, you know, that should be yeah. a four. And so, you know, be careful about 
getting sidetracked while you get in. And sometimes careers can do that. You know, you wind up, hey, you know, this is a real good money-making opportunity. And sometimes you have to sort of uh, adjust on the go as you're in Bible college to try to keep, on one hand, you want to pay your bills and, and you you know, eventually you're going to get married, sometimes in college, sometimes after. But, you know, you're thinking of, you know, having a family and all of these things. And, you know, I know some guys in Bible college that their careers just sort of took off and they started making big amount of money while they're in yeah. Bible college. And they had to wrestle. I know, I know three situations, two of the guys quit their jobs and oh. got like a cheaper job. The third guy, he stayed with his job. The two guys that quit wound up going into the ministry. The third guy never did. Wow. I, I think that can be either a test or temptation yeah. sometimes from right. the Lord, right? Or the devil. Do you, how bad do you really want this? <laughs> and my pastor used to say, and somebody just said it the other day, if you can do anything else besides going to ministry, you better do that. Yeah. Because it'll be a distraction. It, I couldn't do anything else. I was so Amen. burdened and on fire to be in the ministry and do something for the Lord. I, I couldn't think about anything else. Now, once I get in the ministry, I thought of a thousand things, but um, <laughs> <laughs> up until that point, I couldn't think of I was of just thing. sitting there getting ready to say, man, I still feel the same way. Because <laughs> I do. Uh, I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's still such a passion, such a such a desire to not only know Christ, but try to see other people get to find out and learn to know him as well. It's just, it's the greatest privilege in the world. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. And it's been, it's been tight at times, but it all works out, I think, in the end. When oh, my all goodness. Together, it works yes. out in the end and then some. So we both have had such blessings in our lives, uh, far beyond what I ever imagined I'd be able to do um, when I started. So, yeah. Bible college for me, the greatest thing I learned is that God can hear my prayer. I, I think that was the greatest experience is to learn that God can use me, that that by far, more than the books, more than anything else, I think that was the greatest experience for me. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, good day. Good day Amen. Today. Thank you. Hey, I want to thank uh, my good friend Tom Carolick here in St. Thomas. Uh, Tom is not only my neighbor, but he's a church member. Amen. And he's a super good guy. He's from Croatia. And uh, he called me a couple of weeks ago, are you home? And I said, oh, Tom, I'm not home. I'm not going to be home for a couple of weeks. And so he said, when you get home, give me a call. I want to come over. So I, I called him yesterday, and he came over. And uh, he said, man, I, I, I want to do this for you. He said, I listen to Tim Talks all the time. I That's love it. That's awesome. He said, you need this. And he bought me a really nice Tim Hortons mug. Awesome. Um, uh, it's a black. It's black with Tim Hortons on. It's got a handle on it. That is uh, great. Streamline. Yeah, it's really cool. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring it down and show it to you. It's awesome. really, really nice. I, I'm going to get that one engraved, too. Um, just super kind to do that. And Tom um, has a pizza store over in London. If you're listening and you're in this area, I want you to go over and give Tom your business. Tom 
uh, is at Pizza Nova on Wellington Street in London. And uh, he's not paying me to do this. Uh, I just want to help him out. Um, business is tough today. And COVID was a good time, but then COVID ended and people aren't buying as much pizza. And uh, he says, it's just getting tough. So go over and help him out. If you're in St. Thomas, London or the surrounding Man, area. Man, I'm tempted to drive up around. there just to do it myself. <laughs> I want to tell you what. He he let me go over one day and work with him. I asked him if I could do it because I thought it'd be cool. And so I went over and I made pizzas. And he said, now you can make any pizza you want. So I made a Roman burger pizza. Yes. It was awesome. Yes. It was awesome. So <laughs> for those of you that don't know what the Roman burger is, you got to get to Ohio, got to get to Cleveland and get you a Roman burger at Mr. Heroes. Yes. And uh, so we did that. It was a lot of fun. He's a sweet man. He and his wife are getting ready to uh, head back to Croatia, where hmm. they're from. Uh, his dad's from Bosnia, Bosnia Herzegovina. And um, just sweet people. So thank you, Tom, for that and uh, support that business. I'm going to I'm gonna do that. If you have a business and you want us to do a shout out for you, send it to us. We'd be happy to do it. If we know the business and we can uh, wholeheartedly uh, say we know who you are and what you're doing, we'd be happy to do that. And uh, I think it's a good help for folks. So there you go. So I'm Al Stone, headed to Pizza Nova for a Romeburger pizza with my good friend, Tom. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. And... Uh Looking forward in August of sharing a new opportunity with you. So, yes, it's coming quickly. Yep. It's coming. Uh, I'm excited for you. It looks great. Looks great. And uh, we've already given a little preview, but we'll just leave it at that. And uh, maybe maybe Friday, give us a little update on that, uh, how that's coming, and uh, we'll leave you with that. So, thank you for listening today. God Amen. bless you, young men. Young men listening today. Young people listening today. Love the Lord. Oh, trust the Lord. Yes. Trust him with all your heart. Lean Amen. not on your own understanding. Amen. In all your ways, acknowledge him. When he gives you that job you don't like, acknowledge him. When he gives you financial assistance, acknowledge him. Amen. And he will direct your past. Trust me, he'll do it. This is Tim Talks. Thanks for listening today. Have a great day, eh? And here is our great announcer taking us out once again from this program we call Tim Talks. You've been listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.